Welcome to the show. I'm your host at Beerfield Hop with two P's. As always, joined by Beerfield Theory. Um, unfortunately, before we get into anything else, is we've had to do way too often for various reasons over the six years we've been doing this. Um, we have to start yet again with a moment of silence. Um, we have to take the time to reflect, um, to, to pay our respects and, to to mourn, uh, the worst school shooting we've seen in at least 10 years. Since Parkland, I mean, it was about the same amount. It's, it's just, it's just fucking sickening that we're, we're still at this point and nothing's changed. Nothing's, nothing's changed. Done. Nothing's changed. Um, Thoughts and prayers don't cut it, but I don't want to get political. There will be time for that. Um, it, it it absolutely does need political action. Don't take that statement. Is It doesn't. Um, I just don't want to turn this show or this into a, into a political statement. We do that a lot. We've talked about it a lot. There does need to be change for um, the way that this country handles guns. Um, who's allowed to purchase, when you're allowed to purchase, what that process looks like, et cetera, et cetera. But for right now, um, to the, I believe it's now 21 kids is the total count. Two adults are 21 total dead. I'm not sure on the counts have been, as a father, it's hard to read. Um, it's hard to look at these 10 year old kids that are, are babies and see what happened and after an honor roll assembly and to read some of the statements from the parents that were you know the last words were i'm proud of you and i love you because of you know they were being celebrated not even hours before and you know on one hand it's like great that that was maybe the last interaction they had just because of the content of the interaction, because so often they don't get to say, I'm proud of you or I love you and you don't get that chance. But that also shouldn't be the last interaction any parent has with their child when they're at an elementary school. So, um, before we start 21 seconds of silence, um, to honor the lives lost and, you know, maybe 22 just in case I'm somehow missing something. I don't know. All right. Now, as we strive to do every time, um, we want to acknowledge, but we're going to hopefully somehow escape into a world of other things. So on today's show, um, this is actually, this is a fun show. I'm excited for this. I wasn't sure what we were going to do. We mentioned one thing. I changed it up. Dan doesn't even know that I've changed it up unless he pulled the show notes. Uh, I I, I was able to share it on Twitter. So I saw Kind of what we're doing. Yeah. So um, we are going to talk rookie draft strategies. That was always the plan for this show. We did the rookie mock last episode, one QB review, listen to that. But what we're going to talk is more in general, how to approach Superflex this year, 
IDP as we do those leagues um, and really how to attack that um, tight end premium. We'll talk about how to strategize, particularly for this draft class. Uh, we had voluntary OTAs, so uh, we're going to do a little buy sell on some coach speak and Ooh. we're just going to laugh at some other coach speak because that's fun and get into some NFL topics. So, uh, but before we do that, as always, uh, we are presented by the FF Faceoff, FFFaceoff.com. Go check out all of the awesome articles those guys are doing. Um, oh, look at this. I know. Look I, at I, this. It was in the chat. I was just waiting for you to recognize I it. think he might have just heard me promoting him, actually. I think he might have just heard me promoting the writing. He was like, FF. Face like, off did I hear FF face off and writers and content you can find? Uh, we are joined by our optional third member of Beer Shield, Ryan Miner. <laughs> uh, at the right time. You, you, you came in at you like came the in perfect, at the perfect time. time. We had just done the the moment of silence and for what happened in Texas, and I literally hit. As always, we are presented by the FF Face Off. You can go to the website and find some awesome content that there our writers are putting out. Um, and then you showed up. <laughs> awesome. But there are, um, I, I just got invited to the writer's chat last week just because I occasionally plan on doing a little bit of that and notice that, you know, we've got, I saw, I might be spoiling some things here cause I have no idea what's released and what hasn't, but there's a uh, strength of schedule power rankings coming out. There are player comparisons that are coming out all the time, you know, player versus player. Um, you know, some of that gets Aaron yelled at, but you know, that's neither here. We get yelled at a lot. I see, uh, like we get yelled at a lot on, especially on Reddit. Can. You guys, you guys got some thick skin and <laughs> right. out there in the writing room. I see all the matches just come through, and I'm just like, "Fuck, man!" Uh, yeah, like, I could care less about what they think, but Jesus, Jesus Christ, these guys get eviscerated. Oh yeah, when they're when they're right on Reddit, they're right. No matter if you're right, they're still right. Yeah, you gotta use numbers on Reddit, otherwise you lose them. They don't like uh, they don't like gut feeling talk. So <laughs> no, no, you gotta come at them with all the numbers in the world. Jesus they can Christ. be made up numbers. They don't have to be fucking real. They can they, just be numbers. They would hate. They would hate you the way that you spell out scenarios, and they would eat you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh God, I but, know. Like they do me right now. <laughs> That's because yeah, you're they delicious. Tear, they tear me. They tear me apart. That's because you're delicious. Um. So yeah, check all that out. You can keep up with us. Keep up with uh, Anthony Serafino and his podcast there too. So yeah, um, that's ffaceoff.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, Beerfield on Twitter, Beerfield Podcast on YouTube. Right through the beer review, Ryan. So you know what we're doing. Actually, no, we're not going to tell you. You're just going to go along with it. <laughs> Hit the beer review. Uh, I'm used to it now. Sweet. Already an old pro. Dan's not even used to it now. Yeah. <laughs> What's fueling beer fuel? Uh, you also, by the way, when I put that Zoom link in the chat, uh, I did the live drawing for the Kickers Matters League as well. So the video of that will come out soon, too. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, you ended up with, I think, the second overall pick. Third pick. There's third. Uh, a, a extremely duo bef- before me, and then the number one pick. Yeah, you got the third pick. That's right. You got, that's right. Yeah, you got the, the third. 
And someone thought I was Ryan Seats, and I have multi- I'm, I'm multiple characters now in the whole entire <laughs> fantasy football world. Ryan's got uh, it's got two personalities: Ryan M and Ryan C. Yes, and, and more. The lead singer, Breaking Benjamin. All right, and I'm also Brian to the Loaded Box original oh. you know, podcast over there. Brian, hey, yeah, <laughs> the man of many names. Dan, you grab something. Are you drinking? Oh yeah, yeah. again. I am drinking, uh, this beer is called, uh, Diller Weiss. This is, uh, Mars is, uh, Mars is out of Chicago. This is their Berliner Weiss. With uh, Mar- Mars is out of space. Mars is, out, yeah. Mars with the S is out of space. Mars with the Z is out uh, of Chicago. Specify. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you gotta specify it. This is me doing some retconning work to see what other pickle beers taste like. So I picked up a uh, four pack when I was at w- one of my Benny's. In my markets, so we're gonna give it a whirl and uh, and we'll uh, we'll see my thoughts. I don't have any of my actual pickle beer cold, otherwise I do it side by side. But we'll see what happens. Ryan, I saw a can. Yes, I have a Lagunita Super Cluster. Nice, which is a Citra Hop Mega IPA of intergalactic proportions. Yeah, I, I love also that they call it Super Cluster and then use Citra Hops instead yeah. of not Cluster <laughs> Hops. Right, no. but cluster in an IPA wouldn't be citrusy. All right, no. um, and then I have uh, Middle Brows Mozart. It's a toasty little lager, is how they call it. It's a Vienna lager, from what I could deduce from the from the description. So um, German lager again. Usually with German lagers, you're getting um, bready, toasty, and delicious. So. Four reviews about halfway through the show. All right. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into some regular news, and then we'll do a little uh, buy-sell talk, and we'll we'll end on strategy. How about that? So, All right. I got to find the right document. Hold on. We're professionals. All right. First things first, the NFL. Uh, this is something that you do need to know for your fantasy leagues. Uh, they have made changes to the way that they are designating players to return from IR and how all of that works. Last year, it was a minimum of three games. This year, it will be a minimum of four games that a player has to spend on IR. So a little bit longer stint might make it easier to drop some players in season, uh, but also going to make teams a little bit more hesitant to designate players. Um, it's a little harder to predict, too, when somebody might be back. Um, teams can return up to eight players. You can designate a player to return more than once, but if you designate them to return more than once, they count against that eight-player number twice. So, a little complicated. Some things you got to keep up with. Um, any thoughts on on the change here? I mean, I like that they're keeping more than just one that you can designate to return. I mean, it's a smart. I mean, it's a smart move. So they put the three games. And unlimited in place because of COVID. We we're what, you know, two years removed from it. Not not removed from it, but you know, we have returned we've returned to life the best that we possibly can. So a close to normalcy. Yeah, whatever the fuck that's supposed to feel like. So the I mean, new it, normal. It, it, yeah, the new normal. Um, so it, I think four games is a you know, is that perfect spot that's you know, just over just under a quarter of the season of games. So it's things shouldn't change too much. We just have to be more in mind of, of, of how the IR, you know, plays out as we get into the season. I mean, 
Let's put it this way. Guys are one injury away from this rule. Keep <laughs> 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 coming and coming to life. So. <laughs> Fucking Christ. I love it. Uh, go listen to the last episode. It was a good one. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is going to work out for the Raiders. Um, so he gets a workout for an NFL team. Who knows what that's gonna going to amount to. Raiders did just lose a backup quarterback that we'll call it similar play style, not similar skill set. Um, Kaepernick's not been in the league for years. Um, I don't know if this amounts to anything. It's just kind of worth mentioning, I guess. Speaking of things that don't amount to anything, Rashad Penny's dealing with a hamstring issue. He's in full mid-season form on that one. Yes, he is. And another reason why the Kenneth Walker pick was not a bad one. Yeah, really, I'm really glad that we're worried about a player's hamstring injury in May. But uh, you know, he's got he's got he's got months he's got months to recover until his next one. Um, right, he's one injury away from it's, the next it's one, one injury away from another injury. From another injury. <laughs> do you guys bet on uh, NFL futures at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Did you see that futures on Price Picks? I have not uh, looked at anything super current. Um, I've seen some of the ones that have rolled through. Yeah, I haven't done I, too much research wrote, yet. The one I wrote, I know you, you can find on FFBaseOff.com. It was about, it says, has Kenneth Walker and I, uh, the over under was set at 550.5 rushing yards. And I, I took the over on that before this news. even. Happened. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He should fall into that. He should. Oh. I expect the number to increase to like five seventy five, maybe by like, it's so difficult. I mean, you know, unless you know, Penny is to miss significant time, and it won't jump up too much. I'm hammering that over. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you should hit it. You should hit it. Give me Thor's Thor's hammer. I'm hammering that. Hard. Dude, the one that's nuts is Trey Burks. I think it's eight is eight fifty for receiving yards. George Pickens was like, I think either Pickens or Sky Moore was at eight hundred. Like Pickens' future oh, receiving like prop, it's super fucking high. It's just, it feels like a trap bet. All of a sudden, Claypool gets traded, and that's huh. why it's been set up so highly. Anyways, anyways, Colin Kaepernick. Woo. I'm probably like looking under on both the Burks and Pickens numbers. It's so difficult. And, it's 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 a lot harder. It's a lot harder than people think to get to that yeah. that mark, even for a wide open receiving room. It's he's right. need a lot well, to break right, and it is especially with, with Burks because it's still a low volume passing offense too. Yeah, and and Woods looks to be ahead of track. You know, looks to be ahead of pace. I don't know if that means he's going to you know be off the publics to start the year, but. It's it's no guarantee that Burks even gets this, you know, eight hundred, no, better alone eight seventy five. So and with Pickens, he kind of fell a bit. You've got quarterback questions in in Pittsburgh, and he's not, you know, Deontay's still gonna be the target guy there to start. Yeah, so. he should be. Yeah, I agree. All right, NFL owners are counting votes to potentially remove Daniel Snyder from ownership of the Washington Commanders. It's about damn time. Should be unanimous. Get him the fuck out of here. Wasn't it supposed to be 24 votes, did I read, or was it supposed to be more than half? I'm not sure how many, to get him out. How many votes. I don't know. I, well, yeah, I have a tool at my fingertips. Hold on. That's right. 
Oh, me too. Because I finally got my computer to work that I've never used that we bought like when the kids were in school. Yeah. And my son figured out my password for me. So I finally figured out how to get on it. 24 out of 32 owners. All right. That's not okay. So I did read that right. Yeah. Well, God damn it. Let's go. And I swear to God, if it's says, like 23, just give him the proxy. But if it's 23, just give him the proxy and 24. Goodell says he's <laughs> not aware of that. So, And it was a pro football talk thing. So who knows? I hope it's happening. Seems 50-50. And then other kind of NFL news, but not really on the field relevant news. Javon Kinlaw, um, profane verbal confrontation with a local reporter. Reporter apparently jumped when Kinlaw came at him. Duh. And uh, then later said, I wasn't scared. I was just surprised. I could have been a millionaire and retired today if he had done anything. Like, multiple 49ers obviously spoke out since against this reporter. Like, I'm sure we could arrange your retirement if that's what you'd like. Um, You know, why are you coming into our building antagonizing our players? Why are you putting out multiple hit players? hit pieces on on one player like dude you're a reporter what the hell are you doing going in and stirring shit up like that being stupid a guy that should never come back and it, it, it sounds like from the Niners fans that are across the twitter sphere that this guy is he's not he's not even recognized as a reporter he's just a a youtube-esque blogger type of guy who was it the counselor no, no, no! It wasn't a concert. Same as something Grant, I think. Oh, that's unfortunate. I think concerts in the East Coast too. Agent but, Dave uh, Kluge. Agent Dave. Agent <laughs> Agent Kluge is on the case. Get him he's on calling the case, up. Uh, he's calling up uh, San Francisco PD to make sure is that his facts straight. Make sure this has been taken care of. All right, moving into the Biden selling some coach speak here. Ceedee Lamb claims that he grew half an inch while also adding ten pounds. <laughs> I mean, is he still at the? He's got to be at the age where he can't grow any. Like that's kind of like? what that's kind of what I'm thinking too. Like, <laughs> Ryan, are you an expert in human growth? I mean, I've heard that we keep on like men keep on growing for some reason to like in their 20s. I don't know exactly how old in the 20s, but where like girls like stop at a very young age. That's like, because they're always because ta- my daughter like towers over everyone, over the boys, but then eventually like those boys catch up. I've been the same height since my junior year of high school. <laughs> I'm I gotta be about the same. I think I stopped growing. I think I, I think my last I had like I never had a growth spurt. I just always grew two inches. Which I don't know that it matters. Like five years. Already six no, it two. So I'm just like what I wanna highlight here is there's some things to talk about and other things it's just the hilarity of what we're getting in the off season. It's one of my favorite things to do every time something starts. We'll do it again when mandatory OTAs happen. This is the voluntary section. We'll do it again when training camp happens and try to decipher some of this stuff. Uh, Frank Reich, if I was a fantasy manager, I would consider drafting Naeem Hines. Where's my smoke bomb? Hold on. Hold on. I got to find it. You have a smoke bomb? Hold on. I got to find the smoke bomb for this. Uh, a coach who makes this... Uh, Proclaim that he would draft so and so player on his team. So, Naeem Hines. First off, just 57 targets last season. 
playing in 17 games, just 57 targets, hot start, really fell off. Lowest target volume ever. Matt Ryan does throw to the running back a lot, but unless you're going to take that 57 targets and turn it into, uh, I don't know, 87, I don't want to touch it. And, like, no point should we ever see, I mean, realistically, at no point should we ever really see Naveen Himes over Jonathan Taylor. Like, I get it if the, you know, if the Colts are down or up by a bunch of points and you got to play some garbage time. But they're not going to rub the middle with Naeem Hines. Like, they're fucking telegraphing what they're doing by throwing them out there. But they also didn't say what scoring format he was going to be, you know, playing them in. So, well, he, whole, if it's like, if it's no, no, I'm saying this for actual football. I'm saying this for actual NFL. There's no fucking way. I mean, oh, no. No, no, but for for PPR for drafting into your fantasy team, that's the angle I kind of wanted to take this from. But even then, he since week nine, even in full PPR, would have been like seven, eight points a game, which it's is RB four, three, huh? best. So uh, it's yeah. RB like like he's RB an three. RB three or four, yeah, at best. RB three yeah. at best. I mean. His last yeah. decent week was week nine, where he got six targets, caught four for 34 yards, and ran six times for 74 yards against the Jets. I mean, he had he had two games over six points from week 10, from week nine, like after yeah. his blow-up game against the Jets, as you just mentioned. Yeah. Where it looked like he ripped off a long run, in which quarterback, or he ripped off a long play. Because he only had, he had, he had 10 total touches. Yeah. Like he's not like he's not a chunk play guy. He is a through and through PPR guy. But like you mentioned, like he started off okay. You know, eight targets week one, six targets week three. You'd have to guarantee me he's getting six like six targets a game. Like James James White levels of of volume for me to be interested in Naeem Hines. You know, but from week eleven from week from week eleven on I got you know. I, I guess for the entire year, he had one game over fifty percent snap share. Yeah, from week six on, he had three games. So I'm sorry, he had four games over uh, a, a ten routes run. So a guy that's got to go out there and generate production, and no. you know, in the low amount of chances that he gets, he doesn't even generate those. He had nineteen routes at four targets in week twelve, like, and that's with a very inconsistent win. Yes, Matt Ryan throws the football a bit more, which is great, but he's not. I mean, it's again, Jonathan Taylor, year three. This is going to be yeah. the year that they have to carry into this, and they should be the favorites to win that division, too. They should be. So, oh, yeah. I, I think, so we're all out on that one. It's I, all, I it's think, like, a, it's all smoke. I yeah, figured it's, it's, it's nothing. He, he's more of like a best ball type play. In my mind, like yeah. I wouldn't ever want him on my team, like as a bench player. But it's more like at best ball because you never know when that explosion week's going to happen, which he had. That's twice fair. Last year, <laughs> he had two weeks of over of over fifteen points. Yeah, that was it. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Samuel quote feels good and fast. I mean, I hope he feels good and fast. That's the you know that's the two things that he's. He's known for. You're a professional athlete, so I, ho- I hope that you're quicker than the average. The average. Person. I hope so. <laughs> he saw us. He saw us. Carson Wentz, and they just added Jahan Dotson to that offense. Right. And uh, then, nope, I'm out. 
See you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Kyle Shanahan said that he expects that Jimmy Garoppolo will be traded at some point, but it's not a guarantee. So apparently talks were ongoing, and then Garoppolo had surgery, and now he's openly commenting about trading him. Garoppolo, first off, Garoppolo deserves a lot of credit in this one for the open discussions about him being traded, the comments he's made, his coach is making, and he's just keeping his mouth shut going about his business, kind of him, Han, whatever. Um, I mean, do you expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be moved? Jimmy and Baker are the two available quarterbacks on the market at this point. It it feels a team that just made the NFC Championship game that has that just that is now seeing the NFC become more wide open with Russell Wilson traded. I'm not saying that Jimmy G should start Week One by any means. But the value of Jimmy G as a backup to Trey Lance is significant because if anything happens to Lance or he struggles, yeah, I mean it. It, it, it just it just feels like the value that they would get in return wouldn't be enough to the actual value that he adds to the offense and to the team as a whole. Ryan, do you think that he gets moved? I just don't see him getting moved because, like, they've been talking about it the whole offseason. Like, you know, this is going to be Trey Lance's year, Trey Lance's year. And then you keep seeing, like, you know, before the draft, he was going to get traded to the Carolina Panthers, and that never happened. And now you keep hearing the rumors again. So, like, where's he going to go? Right. Someone gets hurt, right? Yeah, if someone loses a quarterback, like, someone gets hurt. It gets hurt in training yeah. camp or otherwise. And that's about it because, you know, the Panthers went out and grabbed Corral. The Seahawks will get to them in a minute. Um, and who else has an open quarterback slot right now? And I mean, it, no it, one. It's just, it's just, if someone goes down or like the Raiders, Raiders have made some questionable decisions this yeah. offseason. If Derek Carr gets hurt, if Tua struggles early into the season when Miami just invested a boatload, maybe then, but they just kind of sold the farm for Tyreek. So, well, they also just got also signed a uh, was it Jacoby Brissett in the offseason. So no, he's, he's not a bad backup. He's, he's not. Uh, a bad. He's in Cleveland. He's in Cleveland. He's in Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who am I thinking of then? No, I mean they they signed somebody. I think I think to back him up, but we know what the power of a QB injury is to a team that's trying to make the playoffs. I'll tell you who his backup is. <laughs> and so you get uh, Teddy, a team like Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. That's right. Oh, Teddy yeah, B. that's one. Same like a same, team like Dallas. Like it's. <laughs> Let's see if Dallas loses Dak Prescott, a team that looks and want to make like who looks like a playoff team, loses a starting quarterback. But Ben DiNucci, exactly. Actually, <laughs> it's not. It's Cooper Rush and Will Greer. And it's got to be. Oh, Will Greer still. All right, Will Greer. Cooper. Holding on to the truth or status for no reason. No, he would be an off injured one. Um. You know, if Cincinnati, for some reason, something were to happen to Burrow again, heaven forbid. Um, you know, you're right. Those are are absolutely <laughs> options. He's one injury away. Mid-season. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> one injury away. And, and like, okay, so there's one thing to note, too. I, I, like, I'm pretty sure Garoppolo is going to make his OTAs, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baker has already been sitting. Like, he's not joined any mandatory nothing. So, you know... No. Well, you know, we'll always commend. Neither uh, is Kyler. 
Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm all team Baker too, man. I love it. Oh, I like, fucking love Baker. Oh, yeah, I'll never. Right, yeah. Eighteen point eight million. You know, pay me eighteen point eight million to sit on your bench. No problem. I'll do it all year long. He'll get fined. He. I mean, it. It won't be like the Watson situation. They'll actually find his ass. Yeah, let him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I love Baker. Like, I just want to see the man start somewhere else. Well, and for the Browns, it's like you say you're going to trade him to who? Yeah, they lost a lot of that. that uh, his market's taking a huge hit because of Cleveland's. I mean, that's kind of it right now. Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Mike Jones, Zach Wilson. Nope, not going anywhere in the AFC East. Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and you know Pittsburgh with Trubisky, and then drafting Kenny Pickett. Right? They're not going to go yeah. invest heavily in Baker. The Browns are hoping that Baker will hang around and start while Deshaun Watson is. Uh, Here's what the Browns want. They want Baker to come play nice because Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended in June or July. That's been circulating. That That's the timeline. So right as or right after mandatory OTAs happen, Baker's going to get the chance to start. The Browns want Baker to start and to do well or raise up that draft capital, get somebody to go trade for him midseason. Or just ride about, you know, Rumor is Watson's suspension is going to be pretty lengthy. I I still think it's going to be the entire season. And I think, yeah, I do. And, you know, just from what some of the Browns people, you know, beat reporters come out, look at how the contract set up too. Uh, For the contract they gave him, I think, I think Cleveland's expecting at least, I think, I think Cleveland's expecting a year. And that's why they set up the contract that they did too. I think his contract is only like one million dollars this year. Yeah, it's all it's it. Fuck Cleveland! Like, let's just like let's just keep them all fucking really. Fuck Cleveland! Uh, you think Baker takes that stance though too, right? Of fuck them and just doesn't care and still like he's gone all year. You gave me the finger. Here's the finger to you guys. Good luck. I hope he out. does. Exactly. Yeah. I hope he does awesome. too. But. I don't think Houston or I don't think Cleveland's going to go the way that Houston did with Watson and and, and pay him to let him sit. Congrats. I don't think Cleveland's going to pay him. No, then they'll cut him, and I think he's probably okay with that. Oh, I I, I hope he gets cut. cut. I want him to get cut so he can pick and go where he wants to play. And then, but then they, and they take the eighteen point eight million with him too because that was guaranteed when they picked up his fifth year option. Yep, yeah. and then let uh, Jacoby Brissett and Joshua Dobbs try to lead them to the promised land. Good luck, <laughs> Josh, Joshua Dobbs. You know, shout out to Joshua Dobbs and punting football. This is more accurate uh, with this. Better than throwing it because uh, he's still in the league. Good for him. All right, so I pulled up uh, Watson's contract. So he'd be base his base salary this year is one point zero three five million. Then the next four years is forty six million each. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the whole contract's set up to be insane. Him probably not playing this year. Yep. And his and his dead cap doesn't drop. His, his lowest dead cap is twenty twenty six at fifty four point nine million. Yeah, there. Wow. I, I hope he goes to jail, and then they just have to eat the entire fucking thing. There's probably a provision that voids it if that happens. I know. I know. I know. Um. So we started that on Jimmy Garoppolo, which I agree. I think it's midseason if he gets moved. Uh, Daryl Williams signed by the Arizona Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes came out uh, apparently in support of him, called the Cardinals and put in a good word. Uh, 1,000 scrimmage yards, eight touchdowns last year. Does this pour any water on Keontae Ingram? And is Daryl Williams now one injury away for one year, obviously? Long-term water, I don't think he's there, but. I mean, the entire backfield is, is, it's not, is not, I, 
I love Keontae Ingram. He was around six pick. And Darrell Williams doesn't scare me at all. He's just a body there that could be cut at some yeah. point in August when they do cut down. So, you know, maybe he makes a team and they put, you know, Keontae on the practice squad and we'll have to adjust. Or but, they just cut bait with, you know, Benjamin who hasn't shown that too in any way that yeah. he's deserving of a roster spot. I mean, it, it, I saw a post on Twitter. Like if you're a Keontae, you know, Ingram fan and you're afraid of, of Darrell Williams, were you really a Keontae Ingram fan all along? Right. Like, who fuck cares about Darrell Williams? Like, I'm glad he was successful on a very running back friendly offense, minus, you know, uh, uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. It's a good NFL like, signing. It's not a good fantasy signing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nick Wagner reports the 49ers view Elijah Mitchell as their top option in the run game. Until he gets hurt. For now. Yeah, exactly. For now. The, For Duke, n- the Duke can't stay healthy. Like, well, he's slightly any, small. Can, 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 yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, that is compared True. to Tyrion Davis Price, Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon, Jermichael Hasty, and something named Mason Jordan or Jordan Mason. Sorry. And somehow that'll be a top five rusher unit this year because San Francisco. Yeah, but hey, Elijah Mitchell is a six round pick. You, you, you don't worry about those, right? Hey, the man's got to be healthy. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad he's stuck on. He's better than. He's better than Trey Sermon. He's better and than Trey Sermon. And we'll all be wrong, and Trey Sermon will be the uh, was a third round pick. football league this year. And Tyrion Davis-Price was also a third-round pick. I do believe that Mitchell, based on what we've seen out of these guys, is the, the best option, though. I do buy that. He, I mean, he should be. Like, yeah, he was yeah. the best running back last year. He was getting 20 to 30 carries during those games. Even they'll run those guys to the ground. They'll run their running backs to the ground. They'll run the next one. the next one come up. Yeah. You want to have uh, you want to have every San Francisco back, you know, as you can on your roster because one of them at some point will get a chance to start and be productive. Besides, you know, uh, uh, Tracer man because he sucks. Yeah, he had it's twenty plus carries, even, even from his injury on. He had twenty plus carries all the way through the end of the season and into the postseason. It's a lot of volume. Yeah. Yep. And that's with a healthy Trey Sermon and Jermichael Hasty and Jeff Wilson around, if I remember right. Exactly. Yep. So. I think, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. Like, it really matters, so. No. That's just the point. Duh. He's the clear top back. Yeah. Well, Lamar Jackson, uh, training with QB mechanics expert Adam Dedeau, uh looked it up, and it said this in the article, too. Uh, Dedeau, best known for his work with Carson Wentz prior to last season. So, uh, is this a positive? <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, I mean Wentz had an MVP season before he got hurt which kind of I think maybe derailed his confidence uh, no he worked know. with Carson Wentz before last season yeah that's what I said <laughs> sorry <laughs> that was great my computer logged on so it asked me if it was me on YouTube and I hit yes and it brought up beer fuels that's that's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. It's got to be a positive. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I, I, That's. I mean, any work he's putting in in the throwing game is a positive. But based on Carson Wentz last year, does it make that much of a difference? No. I mean, not everything is Josh Allen, and really, 
I don't know how much of the issue is Lamar needing to make a bunch of mechanical adjustments so much as is the offense and how they're using him, using him too. So, yeah. yep. You know, it's not going to matter if he fixes the mechanics if the pass volume still isn't occurring. Packers second year wide receiver Amari Rodgers is in the best shape of his life, and I saw this notification come through, and I knew we're in peak off season right now, boys. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Because I, I think like the next day we had our, we had the same note about Zeke being the best shape of his life. I think so. For the six year in a row. A couple more off-season notes. Kadarius Tony is doing all of the right things, which apparently for Kadarius Tony includes off-season knee surgery. So <laughs> uh, Mac Jones worked really hard in the off-season to learn the offense that the Patriots don't know what it's going to be. And... People are apparently really concerned about what they're going to do there because they're not sure if it's going to be Matt Patricia or Joe Judge or Bill Belichick calling, I guess, the offensive and defensive plays. And if Mac Jones is successful in this, holy shit is all I got to say. I am I am here for the uh, for the New England Patriots implosion because of Bill Belichick being, I guess, Bill Belichick. I'm here for it. Please happen. Zigging when everyone's zagging. Yeah. He's doing something. He he's 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 doing something. I don't know if he's zigging or zagging, but he's doing something. He's doing both at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing both. Exactly. I don't know where to go. Lost his marbles. There's nobody there that's known for their uh, <laughs> offensive prowess. So this is going to be real interesting to see how that goes. Uh, more serious note. Seahawks offensive coordinator Shane Waldron said Geno Smith is the early edge over Drew Locke to replace <laughs> Russell Wilson in the Seahawks offense. Went on to say that it's mostly because Geno Smith has an edge of knowing the playbook and being able to carry over the concepts they worked on last season into this season, which, you know, Drew Locke's obvious first team activities. So how much do you read into this during voluntary OTAs that the incumbent backup quarterback is more familiar with the offense than the new guy? I mean, it took Geno Smith four startable weeks before he actually became fantasy viable. You know, he was scoring under 14 points the first three weeks, then he finally went 26.6 in week eight. So I kind of give him the heads up right now over Drew Locke, but I'm also not really a Drew Locke truther at the same time. I think the argument is that if you're Seattle and you think you're competing, it's a pipe dream and that's stupid. You know what Geno Smith is. You need to see what Drew Locke is outside of Denver, outside of a regime that, well, didn't like him. You got to go will, give Drew Locke a season. I will say this. If you get Geno Smith, DK Metcalf. Okay. Looks pretty goddamn good. I was going to say, those I, are I, both I, names. I Do you want to put some context on that? I... I, 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 I I was getting there. I was just letting it, you know. Yeah, Geno Smith, DK settle. Metcalf, Rashad Penny. Oh, wait. Did you guys see who they're playing week one? Uh-uh. Is it Denver? Seattle's playing Denver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Geno Smith show. Drew Locke. I think it'll be Drew Locke. I don't. I really don't fucking care. I do. I know you do. I probably should care more, but then that offense is going to be. It's going to be bad. That's why I think it's a throwaway season. Just see what you have in Drew Locke and move it from there. You know what you have in Geno Smith. If you don't know what you have in Geno Smith, like looking at this from a team perspective, right? 
Geno Smith has been there. If you don't know what you have by now, you know, if you think you're going to be a playoff team in that division with Geno Smith as your quarterback, well, or your quarterback, the weed in Seattle is better than the weed here. I'll just say this. It's not like Seattle's made the most competent decisions during the Pete Carroll era. Well, that's also true. He was gifted and he got and he hit on some remarkable pieces to create his his dominant defense and he was gifted Russell Wilson. So and he's done he's squandered pretty much all of it since their last big run. Yeah. More or less. Uh one thing I'm excited about here at least a bit, Bears beat reporter Adam Johns. Uh, said the new Bears offense is starting to transition to a run-heavy outside zone resembling what the 49ers did. He went on to say that Kari Blessigno is being used a lot of the same way as Kyle Juszczyk is. And I honestly just think that if they're going to go run-heavy and that with that scheme, it, you know, it's good for David Montgomery, but you know, that's also, if they're going to go that run-heavy, that's good for Khalil Herbert in his one cut style who proved that he can be very viable in pinch hit duty. If he starts to carve out, you know, a change of pace, you know, 12 to 15 touch a game type of role with Dave Montgomery and the bears are running the ball 35, 40 times, you know, you had option concepts in to get fields legs going. I mean, that Look, the Bears didn't add anything at wide receiver. That concept, those concepts with what you have at quarterback and the running back positions actually could work. A defense has to take a big step forward for that to really work in theory, though. Probably looks great on paper and looks yeah. great to talk about, but you have one of the worst offensive units in football, and you have a young defense that's that's hoping to take a step forward this year. They showed some strides in some, you know, in some key spots last year you know, with some of the younger guys that they have, but like I'm they not, need to get, they need to get creative with Justin Fields and use his like, and try to minimize even some of the weaknesses and I still on that team that they can do that. The problem is you're copying the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. You need to copy whatever they do with Trey Lance and what, you know, what Baltimore did with Lamar and, and I think what, Baltimore what might the be, Eagles are doing with, with I was just going to say yeah. that. And those might be even Baltimore and Lamar with the one cut type of running and what they do with the quarterback and the tight end actually is a better team, I think, to mimic than what San Francisco is because you have two one cut backs that can can break tackles because your second best receiving option right now is your tight end. And Cole Komet, yeah, who's not Mark Andrews, but, you know, He's going into season three, which is when we typically see tight ends break out. He was a top tight end in that class. You know, you can at least see him ascend to a little bit more relevant. So what I will say is this. I don't buy it in the sense that the Bears are suddenly going to be a good team. They're not. And I'm a Bears fan. I buy it in the sense of this is good news for David Montgomery, good news for Khalil Herbert, and potentially good news for Cole Komet if this is the route, what the new offense is going to look like. Plus, Dave Montgomery's a free agent after this year, so when they try running him into the ground, or do you think they're going to try to preserve him a little bit, like 
understand that, all right, you know, we're still one or two years away. Because don't they have $93 million in cap space next year? They have, they have 30 more space, million yeah. dollars than any team last year, or not last year, next year. They, I, it's, I think they'll try to run the football. I, th- I think just like Detroit last year, I think that's their game plan is to try to run the football and try to control the clock and keep games within reach because they know that they can't win shootouts. No, they're not so going they can't, to. Don't have the personnel to. Absolutely. Yeah. So they can't compete in that way. So what's the best way? It's, it's to slow the game down and to control the clock yep. to the best of their ability. So, And then for your defense to perform at an average level. Yeah, you just... Maybe you get a Dan, you know. Maybe we get a Dan Campbell as type of, of, of coach, and these you know players buy into his his thing, and it works for them. But we'll see. It's not sexy, but it could. Yep. All right. David Montgomery, based on fantasy football calculators, going around the end of the second round right now. So, how do you guys Ooh. feel about having him there? Uh, so what I always say with that is, don't give me the round. Give me the guys he's going around. All right, so the guys before him are DeAndre Swift, Mark okay, Andrews. Okay. Then we have wide receivers and Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel. Sorry, give me the running backs around him. All right, the running backs around him, these are after him now, are Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Zeke. J.K. Dobbins, and Elijah Mitchell. Boy, Ooh. Zeke is going after? Yeah, that's and, rough. And, and a full round later is Saquon Barkley. Which is one guy I'm, I would be definitely targeting. If the, yeah, it's too high. Is this for dynasty or is this for redraft, Ryan? This is this is redraft. I'm looking at redraft CPR. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start to look a little more at those. I mean, I guess best ball we can look at and get you know and try to pull from those. But that's the Montgomery's. That's way too. That feels rich that, well, for him right now. It feels low on some of those guys too. We got to do an ADP yeah. episode. I think we might have just figured out what we're doing next week. <laughs> this is based off 10 days this is from may 15th to today so gotcha 2978 draft that's that's uh interesting okay wow that's, that's wow i'm really surprised that zeke and saquon are going value that low i oh mean that's God. value for the upside that they bring yeah like, like saquon barkley is like the one guy i'm like targeting right now it's just like i'm actually thinking about even just writing up on him just because I'm just that high on him right now. I put Z- I put Zeke as a trade away in the beginning of the offseason, and I'm even looking at that. I'm like, he's going in the third round. Yeah, oh, he should yeah. like he should be so great for redraft. Yeah, dynasty. You gotta you gotta start thinking about cutting bait sooner than later. But... You do, but in redraft, that's value, and it's value yeah, on Saquon too. Yeah, and you know, Aaron Jones. Okay, makes sense. Elijah Mitchell. I think that's probably clo- probably close to the right tier. But yeah, sounds like a lot of hero ball. I can't can't get on to right now yet. I can't get uh, I can't get on to J.K. Dobbins right now either because it's he's not really been healthy. He's flashed, and you know we haven't had any consistency with the Ravens' backfield. So I just I can't get on board with somebody that you know. What have you shown me? Right? Not around some of those other names. I'll wait for Reddit to rip me up and down on that one because I also put him on my spells list. Well, I mean, he's not going to catch passes. He's going to split time. Mm-hmm. I think he's still going to. I mean, it's it's all about what the offense is going to produce from a touchdown standpoint because that's pretty much what we have the hope for. Yeah, is 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 that offense needs to you know come back to where they were just a couple years ago, and we saw Mark. You know, we saw Mark Ingram be 
a mid to high in RB2 in that offense, which I think is what Dobbins should be. That should be a ceiling. Like RB1 feels like a bit rich for him because, like I said, he won't catch passes and he's going to he's gonna be taken out the field more often than not or more times than you'd like for Gus Edwards and maybe Tyler Beatty. Indeed. All right, let's do a beer review. We'll talk some some uh, some draft strategy. Beer review. Dan, start us off. Again, I am drinking the. Uh, Dillinger Weiss. This is the Berliner Weiss with dill pickle. This is from Mars with a Z Brewing. Mars is out of the Chicago, Illinois area. Um, for a pickle beer, it's pretty uh, tame when it comes to the pickle flavor. I'm more used to more of the bold in your face, pickle brine up the ass type of flavor to it. This more so feels like the dill pickle is a compliment to the Berliner Weiss base, um, but very light. It clocks in at just 4%, so it's meant to be drank outside, nice weather. You can you can have a bunch of these. It won't fill you up. It's not very filling. It's pretty light body for that. Um, my only issue is, is that it just doesn't have enough pickle taste to it, and, and I feel like if people are going to drink pickle beer, they're going to want to really get into it with that. Um, so I don't necessarily know where the market is. It's supposed to be appointed at two. If it's supposed to be aimed for just pickle beer drinkers, um, I feel like it lacks a bit of the flavor when it comes to that. But if people really like that, that woo, light, woo girls, is it aimed at woo girls? Woo girls, woo, woo. I mean, it, it might not be enough pickle for even pickleback shots. So it's it, got the uh, it's it's got the outdoor four percent feel to it. So that's a great thing if you want to you know drink it outside and shit. But or in large quantity, it just doesn't feel like it's got enough pickle. Boom to it for me. I did a couple pickleback shots last weekend. It's it's good. Um, I, I do enjoy it, but it's just I want more. I want a little more. Indeed. All right. I had middle brows Mozart toasty little lager. Um, so again, Vienna style lager. And as spoilers, I mean, I had to hide this can from myself in the back of my fridge. This is a damn good beer. I do love the analogers. It's yeah, I love the analogers, and it doesn't have the normal Vienna funk. It's a uh, very forward sweet, but it's not caramely sweet. Um, you know, it, it does have a bit of that toasted malt note that just kind of balances things out nicely. Um, I said very lightly sweet. I don't really know how to describe the sweetness of it, but it's not that heavy like cloying caramel or or toffee or anything like that. So it keeps it very very drinkable. Um, Super light. It finishes nice and clean. Um, not a lot of hot bitterness. Good clarity. Uh, incredible. It's probably my favorite Vienna lager that I've had. Um, some Vienna lagers can get a little funky sometimes or be a little, um, I guess, a little overpowering on the malt side. Uh, this one definitely is not. The The flavors are are there without being too in your face and it's very very easy drinking for summer so good job to them we'll definitely be like checking out some more of their offerings as well i hadn't had anything from middle brow before 
They are out of, because it didn't say that, Chicago. So another Chicago brewery. Nice. Speaking of Chicago breweries, Ryan, you had Lagunitas? I did, yeah. And they're also out of Petaluma, California, and Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, their main spot's in Cali, but they have a location in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the Super Cluster, which is a nice citra hop, and that tastes very, like, orangey to me, which is very easy to drink. And it's actually got to be careful drinking this, because I just looked at it and didn't realize it was actually 8%. Hmm. And I've already finished it. And I was like, oh, boy. I should probably slow down on this. <laughs> or just but grab yeah, another I, one and just have a good time. I will have a good time, but cool. I'm like, holy crap. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's super easy to drink. It's easy flowing. It's one that's going to sneak up on you because if you, if you have another one and another one, it's just going to eventually hit you. So, I'm adding yeah. another one. <laughs> Zwickle this time. Ooh, one of my favorites. This is one of my favorites. Zwickle's good. Shout out there, Chest said. It's actually a good beer to drink like, during the summertime, too. I've noticed it's like. Nice warm day. It, it doesn't sit heavy either. That's going to hit you differently. At fucking 8% and you're outside sweating a little bit. Yeah, you're going to get fucked up off of one and a half of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it'll taste good. We'll play those with disc golf and about round eight or nine. And when you finish your first one, you're going to be like, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah, I'll be throwing at the wrong hole. I'll be throwing behind me. I've had a couple near black cases, so it happens. <laughs> I got to get out and play again this week at some point. Um, yeah. All right, draft strategy. Uh, so we did the one quarterback review show last week, uh, and I wanted to double back and just talk, you know, some of the differences with this season's class specifically about how to approach, uh, say, a super flex draft or something that's, that's tied in premium. And, you know, super flex this year I think is the interesting one uh, with the quarterback pl- class being – you know, considered weak, but this notion in Superflex that you got to go quarterback early. So uh, let's let's start with Superflex here. Dan Ryan, what advice do you have uh, to people that maybe have a Superflex rookie draft kicking off the season? How do you treat the rookies? What are you doing differently this year, or just in general from a Superflex perspective? I mean, you want to. I mean, so the big difference is is that obviously quarterbacks are going to be valued a bit higher. Um, based on on certain years, you may see three to five quarterbacks. This year, you're getting one for sure. I've seen Malik Willis kind of creep into the back end of the first, which I don't agree with. But um, the value of quarterbacks are going to greatly increase. Obviously, in super flex, you can play up to two. And we all know the points that the quarterback positions can score is why the super flex position is such an important position, why the league is stood out more so than just regular one QB leagues. It's because of much how many points the quarterbacks can score. So getting yourself a nice, you know, plethora of them is a great thing to have. It allows you to be more flexible, allows you to move off of players, and it gives you really the uh, you know the ability to survive a couple of injuries. Like the running back position, it's also the best time to get these guys without having to pay an astronomical amount of of currency to try to trade for them. Go out there and try to trade for Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, Joe, you know, Joey B, Justin Herbert right now in, in Dynasty uh, super flex leagues. It's damn near impossible because of how much they're going to be asking for. So just keep that in mind when you enter your rookie drafts. The value of quarterbacks will increase, especially for ones that are 
highly touted and first round picks in the actual drafts. Agree. Like, especially like right now, like it's easy to kind of look at like Kenny Pickett's like a first round pick, but we know we haven't seen any preseason games. So like some rookie drafts kind of push it to the end of the preseason. So some of these rookies could actually be boosted up. But overall, I mean, the only one I can really see anyone really going after is Kenny Pickett just because first round draft capital. And that's the easiest one to say. But then after that, it's just a cluster of um, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and then Matt Corral going in like the, the, between, you know, the second round picks. So this year it's kind of like you're more flexible to do with what you want to do at quarterback. But if you really need a quarterback and you have the draft pick, just, you know, you might as well just take it then in the second round because you're not really losing anything because a lot of these other players are either – well, you know, backups or third string, fourth string type players. And if you're quarterback needy in a super flex lead, you're likely picking near the top of the draft. But in a draft like this, move back because none of these guys are going to demand or should demand, you know, top half of the first round type of capital. So if you are picking in the top half of the first round in a super flex league this year, move back, get a future, get something next year and move back. And if you miss your quarterback, that's fine. If you need a quarterback, if you're that QB needy, you are not fixing it in this year's draft class. You will, you should trade for one. And that, and that's where it also yes. comes into knowing how to value players as well. It's just the rookies in there is what you could trade for. Speaking. Of, I saw, I just, I just finished up a 14 team super flex rookie draft. I uh, pick it when one Oh two and Malik Willis went one, I think 12. 111, 112, somewhere around there. And this is not the, it's Hopper just said, this is not the year to try to address the QB position. Yes, we could, we, we maybe, I mean, maybe could get a Corral, a Ritter, a Howell, or Willis, who all could have a chance to see some playing time this year, maybe get a chance to start um, at some point. Or, you know, in the terms of Willis, who may have to wait a couple more years. More than likely, though, these guys are going to be replaced. There's a there, there's a very non-zero chance that that Malik Willis never takes a snap in the NFL. He just never gets his chance. Either ten, you know you know either Ryan Tannehill you know plays up and he gets a second contract, or they suck enough to where they just draft his replacement next year or in two years. This is the year I'm actually willing to trade out of being in any 2022 picks. Like if someone really wants that pick that bad, give me your 23 first. You know, I, I really start building it for next year. If I'm this high in the first, you're going to be this high again next year in the first. Because I, I want like, Brees Hall. <laughs> I think yeah. Brees Hall, uh, Bergs, and London are the guys I really, really want. Because, yeah, you, you, you look at Brees Hall as easily like the same, the one on one, but he could easily just as bust as anyone else can right now. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, look at Barkley. You know, Barkley, you know, in 2018, this is the, the Baker, Darnold, Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen draft. Josh Allen was insane value, absolutely insane value. We'll never see that again because of what he did is why we are where we're at today, even more so than not. But Barkley was going ahead of all these guys. He was the cannot miss prospect. Yeah. I mean, and, and then the Giants, they suck. They make terrible decisions. And then he gets hurt. And we know what the running back shelf life looks like. So it, it's, there's always risk. That's why you got to go off of your pre-draft evaluations at times and why landing spot and the ability to play year one potentially is so important to how we want to value these guys right away. 
But just like like Chris said, you know, if you're in a, if you're in the draft and you want and you don't want anyone in the pick, move back. But if you're going to move back, move back and get a pick for next year too. You know, if you, you can, yeah, picks, yeah. If you yeah. And, and I'll say this: don't don't start even like 2024. Yeah, like just like you can get a lot of value if you do not want to make a lot of draft picks this year. You don't have to, or or yeah. just trade for veterans and that it, are going to be productive this year. Sure. So, in sharp contrast to that, by the way, the end of the first round stuff, the mock draft we just did for FF Faceoff, which is going somewhere for something. I have no idea. I think that was going into an article by somebody at some point. Yeah. Far enough removed, I don't remember why I did it. But oh, <laughs> it's, it's on the site. No, the the Superflex one, we just finished it. Oh, no, the Superflex one, I, I, just, I just put it out today to start out. Ah. We're still waiting for people to get signed up for it. Oh, why don't you guys hit a couple highlights in those? If you guys could remember so, where, no, I got it. You... I got it pulled up. There's a Superflex one that was running currently that just finished. You that guys don't know. I think on one. Sleeper, right? That was a what? Well, that was one QB. Uh, was it? Yeah. Am I losing my mind? You guys just did a Superflex one. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you guys just did one. They so did it, I think did. they did it through Sleeper. I thought they did it through Sleeper. We did it on Sleeper. The, the one that Aaron just finished? Yeah. Yeah. No, yes. Anthony yes. just wrapped one up. Anthony had the last pick. Okay. Yeah, that that was one QB. Uh-uh. What? No, it wasn't. He said it was Superflex. I said it was Super. The one I started was Superflex. No. Hold on. I'm scrolling up. I could probably have to scroll up a long fucking way to find this. <laughs> it's a good thing I don't say much in here. Because hold on, <laughs> there's so many conversations in there. I know, I you know, I don't keep up with all of them. That definitely was not. Yeah, I know. One quarterback. You'll the one you, the one that Ryan posted hasn't even started yet. If it was, I done fucked up. There's something. If Two you go to the site, it, it, that, it's posted the on the site right now. Hold on, I'm getting Is closer. It? I'm getting closer. This makes for great fucking radio. Well, <laughs> I love it. This makes for uh, holding up your end of this shit while I scroll through a phone. Uh, this is uh, this is great. This is my uh, this is favorite. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It says one QB dynasty rookie mock draft results. Well, yeah, we no, did the one QB one through that. Yes. Yeah, because it just finished. It wasn't done to write an article on yet. I we literally no, it, I drafted the five. It was a five rounder. Oh God, it I, was one QB. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> So I'm looking at the article that they just posted. I, I, the one that I'm not in. The one, the one that you had pick 11. Yeah, I, we just finished. That was the one QB the league. Yeah, it says one, it says one QB in here. Oh, damn. I was drinking. <laughs> at least you get a five-round view now. Kind of, like if anyone has a five-round. Well, to be fair, I also did not take the first quarterback off the board. I took Malik Willis at the end of the second. So that makes- I think Malik Willis 211 in like, a super flexible. Even in a super flex, even one QB is not the. I mean, not I would the worst. QB, I just in super have, flex, it makes sense though. I wouldn't have spent a second round pick in a one QB league. I took Sam Howell at the two fourteen in a super flex league because he was the last yeah. quarterback there. I would. Like, I'm done just it. throwing darts at that point. I took a kicker. I don't even like Sam. Howell. I mean, I'm sad the article's already out there because I took a kicker at five ten and I wanted to see how somebody justified that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Nobody else left. I'm going to go draft Cade York. Why not? 
anyway, so Superflex kind of covered that this year. Move back um, if you're quarterback needy. Get picks for next year. Don't feel like you have to, you know, fix it this season. Uh, you know, work work your draft board a little bit. Um, let's talk IDP for a second, which none of us are experts in, I don't think. But I know, Dan, you and I both play. Um, I think one of the things that people struggle with out of the gate is where do I value defensive players compared to the offensive players? And from what I've seen, I did three years of one dynasty league that just folded now a dynasty best ball league with similar scoring. And the way that that happens is that you're going to start to see your defensive players fold in kind of near the middle, the back of the second round where you would see your like tight ends and quarterbacks start to come into play there as well. It's about the same and what's going to be valued most is going to be um, your pass rushers and your linebackers, especially in points per tackle league um, box safeties. Also your defensive backs in particular, because the production from a defensive back is going to be so spotty are typically going to go near the back of the draft. If that, if at all, again, depends on scoring. Um, this is more so, you know, we'll call it, Point per tackle, a half point per assist, you know, four per interception. I think four per sack is pretty standard. Yeah. So I know that, yeah, because I always go linebackers too. Like, I'm always heavy yeah. linebacker, and I got linebackers give me 21, 28 points a week. That's because they're going to give you the steadiest productivity. Yeah. Yeah, they're double digit tackles, you know, a sack, force fumble, interception sometimes. A lot of it is also based on how you reward like your sacks and interceptions and shit like too. Like I've seen I've seen leagues out there where they try to, you know, balance it out the best. How I run my best ball dynasty IDP league is the same way where I did some research, you know, research to look at how to set up your IDP scoring to get the most balance out of it. So but as Hopper said it, I mean you're looking at generally late first to second is when you'll start to see some of the top tier guys go from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some leagues that just draft that do their IDP separately and then you'll just go off of that. Um, that there's, you know, there's great, there's great, there's great websites out there that'll give out the information. Um, I'm, I'm not versed enough to tell you who's who. No, I, well, <laughs> like down enough who's who. I know, I know the top guys, but yeah, a little bit versed. The other thing you want to pay attention to is scheme and where somebody's likely to slide in because, uh, yeah. you know, somebody that's going to slide in as a 4 3 middle linebacker is going to have a lot more value in points per tackle type, type leagues than an outside linebacker at a 3 4. So. Yeah. You kind of have to know a little bit about a player's role and how they're going to be deployed. For safeties, you're going to have to know who's likely to, you know, to play more of a strong safety role, to be down in the box, to play the run, a Jamal Adams type versus somebody that's, you know, out playing center field like an Eddie Jackson. Absolutely. So kind of IDP pointer there. Tight end premium, the only thing to know there is that eh, your tight ends go up basically half around. And in this draft, there is not there should be no at. difference. You should not be taking a tight end until round three. Like, just don't, just don't take, tra- don't even, don't, don't even look at Trey McBride. Just, just ignore it and nope. wait till round three. Uh, Trey McBride and Jelani Woods are really the only two guys here that I'm interested in. Either Dolchik, I've seen people interested in as well. It's just landing spot. McBride's 
consensus one. Woods had a good profile and lands in Indy where there's going to be opportunity. So I'm a Dolchich guy. I like him. And, 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 and for like tight ends, it, it, most of them, like, even if they get some chances, your one won't produce. The tight end position is one of the hardest to transition it's hard to. Hard to predict. Very, very difficult to predict. And a, a lot of these guys struggle to transition from playing just strictly in the slot as a move tight end to having to do a little more traditional inline roles where you have to block more and learn blocking schemes and shit like that. It's it's impressive when one breaks out year two. And you know, a guy like Pitts, we all kind of predicted because he was really just a unicorn type of tight end prospect. But it generally takes a few years and and why you don't need to draft in highlights because you can just trade for them at some point. Yeah. And one other thing, just real quick, we mentioned trading back a lot in this draft and moving around if you're going for a guy like, you know, like when you're going to get your guy, know where you need to move to, pay attention to ADPs, ffaceoff.com for that. Um, but when you're valuing draft picks also, um, just quick note on that, the way that I tend to value draft picks is this. If I have this pick, I am likely to get this guy. If I move back, I'm likely to get this guy. What is the delta? What balances that out, right? If I'm moving off the 101, Brees Hall is Jonathan Taylor profiled, could end up being elite. So I'm going to want a proven, you know, player. Or I'm going to want, you know, at least a fir- two first probably future first because future picks don't hold the same weight because you don't know exactly how that class is going to shake out. So you're really playing with lottery tickets, but you know, when you val- how do you guys kind of value, value your draft picks? Cause I'm looking at who's likely to go there. How do I value them? And you know, if that player is at their near their ceiling, what would I need to, to compensate that? Like I like our league, like ours is what sixteen team league that we have together. One of them that we yes, have. one of them. Yeah, yeah, one of them. Like like that one I'm picking one hundred four. So like if someone was willing to come up and say like, hey, you know, what do you want for the one hundred four? I would definitely with it being a sixteen team. You want a premium? Yeah, it's being a tight end premium. I'm a, I'm gonna want multiple first because it's gonna take me that much more. Because I look at twelve as my cutoff line. Yeah, as a first round pick. So if you if you give me like anything thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Beyond that point, I start looking at a second round pick. I start looking at more of those as more of like I need two to three years out now. So it's like three first round picks in order to kind of move up to that point. That's another good note, though, on uh, on future first too, like 2023, 2024. Look at a roster and you kind of have to tell yourself, is this team going to be a team that's likely to yield a high first round pick, a mid first round pick, or a low first round pick? And as you're looking, because you don't know where people are picking in 2023 or 2024 there's no protections on that especially in a larger league like you mentioned you kind of have to look and predict where's this team gonna be where is that pick gonna land at to value it appropriately that's a, an important thing that can't be lost right or like you know if you want to trade right now like say like oh i'll only give you these years picks. it's like okay well i want your 11 12 13 14 pick because it's basically i'm looking at you know the end of the first beginning of the second round at that mm-hmm. kind of rate to try to move up that many picks. Yeah. And it's all going to be, I mean, it's also, we know that not every draft picks 
you know, you know, credit equally. Not every right. one on one's credit equally, and not every year is credit equally. So, I mean, knowing, having an idea of who's coming in is going to help with kind of you know trying to predict future draft picks and what those values could be. As Ryan was mentioning, trying to you know value what these picks are worth and just in terms of what the draft class is this year, the value from the one oh two to the one oh eight nine shouldn't be that much different. But in some years, it could be vastly different where we get a massive cluster after Brees Hall at the 101. Now you're throwing Kenny Pickett in super flex leagues. It, it, it really muddles those spots and trying to move around becomes more difficult because the theme this year has always been to move back if you can't get the 101. And we won't, that's not something that's super, that's not super common. So just understanding how the consensus is valuing this draft class is going to an, influence what your league mates and how your league mates will view it especially because not not every league mate in your you know in the leagues that you play in is also as smart or as versatile as you are so they they may be going off of what they keep hearing about so so just understanding how your league is going to draft their players is also going to help you navigate through the draft because there's always the risk in moving bad that you're not going to get your guy because someone may view your favorite guy higher than you. You just have to accept that. That's always the risk you take. That's why it's tried. It's it's better to follow. It's better to follow your tiers instead of just one player. Um, if you're trying to do a value based, you know, drafting and stuff like that. Sure. All right. Anything else on strategy? No, I don't think so. Great, fantastic. Uh, we'll be back next week to look at ADP. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, is is what I learned in this episode. We're, I learned in this episode what we're doing next week. Um, yeah, I'm Chris Hopper at Hot BF or Beerfield Hop. Holy crap! It's a long day. Beerfield Hop with two P's. Dan Thury at Beerfield Thury. Uh, Ryan Miner at Ryan Miner FFB underscore FFB. Damn, so close. So close. At, Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Uh, FFFaceoff.com for the website. Beerfield Podcast, wherever you get your podcast on YouTube and on YouTube. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> on the various podcast sites and on YouTube. I don't know. Sure. Don't know. Works. Yep. We're out. Word. I'm done. Uh, that Peace. was the last brain cell I had to spare today. It's he's now he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs>